Welcome to Thrive Church at Home. We're so glad you are here. Hi to everybody watching on Facebook Live, YouTube. I'm so glad in the time of physical distancing that we can still connect, uh, that we can come together. And I'm so glad wherever you're watching that you are here. Know that Natalie and I and our whole Thrive team are praying for you. We are for you. And know this, God has got you and he's got your family. Romans 8, 31 uh, to 32, it says this. What then shall we say of those, these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Today, know God is for you. He is not against you. That he loves you and that he is fighting on your behalf. You're not alone today, that God is for you, he is with you, and he loves you. Hey, if this is your first time here at Thrive Online, I'm so glad you're here. No, there is a place for you. I wanna encourage you, we'd love to connect with you. Um, there's a link in the description you can click after, um, and it's called Connect, and just a way for us to connect with you. I really encourage you to do that. Today, I wanna talk with you about fear the con artist. Fear the con artist. In Matthew 26, we're picking up uh, the story of Jesus where we left off last week. Jesus and his disciples are in the garden. Jesus chose in the time that was uh, the hardest time of his, when he was on earth leading up to it, to pray, to withdraw and pray and be in the presence of the Father. And in contrast, the disciples allowed sorrow, which in Greek means emotional or uh, mental pain. I caused them to actually withdraw from God, but Jesus withdrew to God and they chose that. Then Judas came, he kissed Jesus and the mob took him, but Jesus really gave himself. And all the disciples, they ran, they scattered. However, Peter followed at a distance, the Bible says. Peter followed at a distance. Jesus was taken to this council of priests and leaders, and Peter comes at a distance and follows and comes to the courtyard to see what's happening. And Peter sees Jesus interrogated by the priests and elders, falsely accused, and the false accusations brought up against him. Then he sees Jesus actually beaten and I can see in that time, fear rising up in Peter's heart. His master, the one that he said not too long ago, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter now sees him being beaten and interrogated. And I can see that fear is coming to him. So that's where we're gonna pick it up in Matthew 26. In verse 69, it says, now Peter sat outside the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee, but he denied it before them all saying, I don't know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said, though uh, to those uh, who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied it uh, with an oath. I do not know this man. And a, a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you are one of them for your speech betrays you. 
Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I don't know this man. Immediately, a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. You know, when that servant girl said, you were with Jesus, fear came to Peter. And fear conned Peter and caused him to give up something that was his. It caused him to give up his position. He moved from sitting to he moved to the gate. Who Jesus was to him, not too long ago, he said, Jesus, you are the, the Christ, the son of the living God. Now he says, I don't know this man. And Peter's declaration changed as well. He, he cursed and swore that he did not know this man. Fear conned Peter to give up something that only Peter could give away. His position, I think, is really a picture of your position and my position seated with Christ. And then who Jesus was to Peter. That Jesus now, he, Peter said, instead of you're the son of God, this man. And then it changed what Peter was saying, his declaration. You know, the spirit of fear could not steal those things from Peter by force. It couldn't steal them by force. The only way fear could steal is by conning him to give up what he has, by telling a story and conning you. Fear cannot uh, steal from you by force, but it steals by conning you. Your position in Christ, who you allow Jesus to be in your life, your declaration of your speech, those things can't be taken from you by force. But fear tries to con you to give those things up. Fear really is a con artist. Have you ever had a f your phone just go ding and you look down and it's a text or an email and you open it and it says, click this link to receive your $1,200 COVID check. Um, and, and you read and you see that the, the emails like from COVID Canada, one, two, seven, two, four, two exclamation mark dash at gmail.com. Or it's this random number. And of course, these emails and texts are from con artists, someone somewhere trying to get you to click on, click here and steal from you, steal your identity, your information, uh, steal your money. And since COVID has, has been started, these have actually surged that there's been way more uh, con emails and texts trying to get people to be conned and to steal their money. But these people can't steal those things that you have by force. It's only by conning you to give up what you actually have. The only way is to by telling you a story or a narrative or a picture to cause you to give up what you have. The only way they can steal from you is by giving up what's in your possession. And you know, those texts and emails are not the only thing trying to con you in the midst of everything that's going on. I believe fear is actually trying to con you. The spirit of fear operates in the same way as those texts and emails do, sending thoughts and seeing if one of those will stick. 
You know, Second uh, Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, fear is a spirit, and fear cannot steal from you by force, but tries to con you to give up what you have. To steal from you by conning, telling you a false narrative. You know, uh, to give up walking in your position and who you are in Christ, who you allow and say God is in your life, what you declare from your mouth and what you're saying tries to rob your peace, your time, the real estate even in your, in your mind by bringing thoughts of fear with the economy. What if my, I don't have my job or did God really say he would protect me? Did he mean that about disease and about COVID? What if this person says this or that person does that? Or what if this doesn't happen? And then fear tries to con. Have you ever had those thoughts in the last little bit? I know I've had those thoughts come by my mind of those thoughts of fear trying to get me to bite on the con. Fear tells us a false narrative of what if, what about, if this happens, what am I going to do? Tries to con us to give up something that we already have because you already have all of God's promises. All of God's promises are yes and amen. That God is for you. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. That God's peace, it it surpasses all understanding and you have access to that. That you aren't battling this battle alone. Actually, the battle isn't even yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. You know, that you actually have the mind of Christ. Jesus has come to give you life and life to the full. Yet fear tries to steal those things from you by conning. You know, John 10, 10 says this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come, this is Jesus speaking, that they may have a life and they have it more abundantly. The thief, the devil, he can't kill you because you're God's. You are protected. You are in covenant with God. And he can't take from you by force because you have authority over him. Uh, Luke 10, 19 says, behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, uh, nothing shall by any means hurt you. You have authority as a Christian, as a believer. And the only thing the devil can do is try and con you with thoughts and fear, trying to get you to give up what you already have. Because aside from that, he can't touch you. Isn't it interesting too in the garden? That's what the enemy used too. He questioned, did God really say? And I think that was maybe the first case of FOMO, fear of missing out. And they then gave up what they had by a con. You know, he can only steal from you with fear of conning you to give up what you have in Christ. Walking in your position of Christ, you, you're, it's not gonna change. You are seated with him, but it can change how you walk it out who you allow Jesus to be in your life, your declaration, your speech. You know, this is what happened with the children of Israel. God had a promised land for them and uh, a, a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, a land of abundance. And the children of Israel just came out of Egypt. They saw God deliver them from Pharaoh uh, with plagues. They saw God open up a, the Red Sea. They walked out. They didn't even get their Jordans wet. Like they were good. 
They saw God's faithfulness in action. They saw tangibly God's power. And after leaving Egypt, they went through the desert and they were right on the verge of the promised land. And they sent 12 spies in and say, hey, check out this land. Go look and report back. So the spies looked, they did their spy things and they came back and they reported, guys, listen, there is milk, there is honey. This is a land of abundance. But there is well, there are nations there, there are walled cities, there are strong people, there are giants, and we can't beat them. I find it interesting in that too is up to that point, it was all God. God delivered them from Pharaoh. God opened up the Red Sea. And then now it's, uh, we can't beat them. You know, in Numbers 1333, it says, there, uh, there we saw the giants, the descendants of uh, Anak uh, came from the giants and we were like, uh, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So they said, listen, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back. Question, who's gonna open up that Red Sea for you? But anyways, that's a side note. Um, but the generation, that whole generation didn't enter in. But hang on, didn't God just deliver them from Pharaoh? Didn't God just open up the Red Sea for them to walk through? God, this was God's promised land for them. But something happened, something happened fear conned them out of the promise that God had. They conned them out of the promise that God had. The promise that couldn't be taken from them. Pharaoh couldn't take it from them. Pharaoh's armies couldn't take it from them. When they were closed in from Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea, God opened it up. A, a sea couldn't even stop them from the promised land. But fear conned them out of the promised land. Fear conned them out of the promised land of saying, I don't know if we can do it. What if we can't? You know, in the midst of everything going on with, with uh, the COVID, with the economy, you know, as well as there's just stuff happening in everybody's personal lives that has nothing to do with that. In the midst of all that, God's promises, they're still true. He is not changing his promises because of what's going on around us. He is your shelter. He is your healer. He is your provider, your advocate, your protector. And I believe that there are even God opportunities in the midst of everything going on. Uh, the enemy is trying to use fear to con you out of what God has for you in this season. I believe in the midst of great opposition, there are God opportunities. In the midst of great opposition, there are God opportunities. Fear tries to con you in giving up those opportunities. Maybe it's spending more time as a family as we are all really just to our house and walking around the block. And fear tries to steal that time. You know, maybe you've been thinking, oh, I just wish I had more quiet time. Life's so busy. I'm go, 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 go. And now you're not go, 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 go. Right? Or maybe you're going from the kitchen to the couch to the kitchen to the couch to the kitchen to the couch. Hey, that's cool. Me too. But fear tries to take that space as well, that quiet time of the what ifs, what will happen, and tries to con you out. You know, maybe, maybe in this time you've been laid off from your job. 
but maybe God has a God-given business for you to start. Maybe there's a dream inside of you, but fear is stealing that God opportunity because fear is saying, well, what about the economy? What if this doesn't work out? And you just don't even want to explore or Google, is there a market for this? right? Or, you know, maybe it's partnering with God and the church in your finances and fear comes to try try and come in and say, I don't know if it's the best time to be generous. Maybe you should just hold on to this for right now. Or I like this one too, of being dealers of hope and the message of Jesus to those around you. And fear says, well, what would they think if you, if you posted something on Instagram? What would you think if you just said to that person, could I pray for you? Or what would they think if you shared about Jesus? Fear trying to con you to take those God-given opportunities in those great obstacles and challenging times. There are God opportunities in the midst of great opposition. You know, someone who found this out was Joshua. He, he later led the Israelites into the promised land. And Joshua went in with the Israelites and there was great opposition. First time going in, boom, there was a massive opposition. Jericho, it was a huge walled city. They're not siegers. That's, I don't know if it's a word, but they're not them. They're not siegers. They, uh, they have this massive city. They don't know what to do. God says, march around the walls a number of times. They followed God and God brought that wall down. You know, there were 33 kings in the promised land and they won those victories because God was with them. There was great opposition, absolutely. But know what? There were God opportunities because God was with them. And, and know what? Today, God is with you. Can I ask you this? What God opportunities does God have for you in the midst of this opposition? And what is the con that fear is trying to run to steal those God opportunities? Now, when you receive those texts uh, that are trying to con you, what do you do? Or those emails, you, or those calls, maybe you, you block them, you delete them, you put it in the spam folder, or maybe you just ignore them, right? But have you ever experienced this is after you've blocked that number, the same number, but like a digit off calls you with the same scam or the same email, but with just a little change in the letter, um, uh, comes to you again. And, and it's like, it just keeps going. And just like those, and it changes up to see if something slightly different will stick. Just like those texts and those emails, the enemy sends thoughts of fear and maybe changing things up just a little bit and trying to see if something will catch, something will stick. Now, you may not be able to stop those con artists from sending you those texts, those emails, those calls, right? But you can choose what you do with them. You can choose what you do with them. And when you may not be able to control thoughts of fear that come by you, but you can control what you do with them as well. Will you click them or delete them? And uh, will you click them or will you delete them? You can choose not to click or hold them on in your thoughts, keeping them in the inbox of your mind or your heart, or you can, or you can dwell on them as well. And that what the enemy's trying to do 
is trying to steal, con you, con your walk, how you walk out your position and who you are in Christ, who you allow Jesus to be in your life. And he, just so you know, Jesus is everything. He is everything that you need. Your declaration and even those God opportunities. You know, instead of holding on to those, those thoughts of fear or clicking on them, allowing them to stay in our heart, I believe instead we can hit the delete button. We can choose, you know what, I'm gonna delete that thought. I'm gonna not dwell on it, but delete it. How do we do that? Because there's not a, necessarily a delete button. Like, I don't think so. But I think the first thing that I see is, is to pray. You know, Philippians 4, 6 to 7, it says this. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Can I encourage you, like last week, withdraw to God in his presence and in his prayer. Give those things to him. You know, the word, God, I'm worrying about this, or this thought is about the economy or my family. You can give those to him. You know what? You can also change the atmosphere that you're in by spending time with him in prayer and in his presence. Some practical things. Hey, if those things are coming by, put on some, some worship music. Maybe go for a walk. Maybe you just need to change your scenery and go for a walk with God. That's often what I do is where I hear him the most is when I'm driving or when I'm walking. I think the second thing is when thoughts come, interrupt them with your words, with words of life, the words of Jesus. You can't stop thoughts from coming just like you can't necessarily stop all those texts, those emails, those calls from coming, but you can interrupt them. You know, as those, I answer hello, and they say, and they start their con, I can interrupt them. I can stop them. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and uh, intents of the heart. God's word is powerful. It's ready to discern what is from God and what is not. What is a scam and what is true? You know, declare what God says in his word about your situation. Declare who God is. Declare that what, that what you're going through, that God is bringing you through it. He is with you. And tell yourself the narrative that God is saying, not what the con artist is saying. And the third thing I think is don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. If thoughts of fear keep coming in, come on, reach out to someone, a person of faith, someone that can, uh, someone in your faith community, right? Someone at Thrive Church and help give you, they'll help give you perspective, pray with you, stand in faith. Hebrews 10, 25 says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to act, um, to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So right now we can reach out digitally, we can FaceTime, we can uh, Google call, we can you know, uh, do all these different things where we can reach out to people, go on to our Thrive Group Lives, uh, all those things where we can connect, where instead of, you know, the Bible says that the enemy prowls around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. If you ever watch National Geographic, they'll be, and the lion sneaks up on the gazelle. 
He creeps up and what do they do? They go after the one that's maybe a little bit further away and the lions go and chase after it and try and separate it from the herd and then they go in for the kill. And that's the same way with the enemy is he tries to separate you and so that you're isolated, but you were designed for community to do this together. You know, community was God's idea. Church was God's idea. And today know that you are not alone. You are not alone. And that, that instead of pulling back, press into community, reach out more. You know, we as a church, we're here for you. We pray for you daily, know that. And we are here. Call us, email us, FaceTime us, courier something. No, don't do that. But hey, you know why I wake up? And one of the reasons why I wake up in the morning, I really feel this is this is my purpose in life is to help people thrive with God and to thrive in life. That is like why I get up. That's like my life mission, if you will. And because I believe when you thrive with God, you will thrive in life and know that we are here for you. You do not have to go through this alone. We are here as a church family and know that God has got you. And hey, if you're going through some extreme anxiety as well, don't just isolate yourself. Maybe you need to reach out as well for some, some professional help of counseling and stuff like that to help you walk through that as well. Your church family and maybe something outside of that as well. Fear is trying to con you. Fear cannot steal anything from you by force, but tries to con you, telling you a narrative to give up what you already have. The enemy tries to steal walking out your position and who you are in Christ, who you allow Jesus to be in your life and who you say, like Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, your declaration, your speech, and those God opportunities by trying to con you. I want to encourage you today, delete those, those con messages from the enemy. Delete those messages of fear. God has given you a spirit of love, joy, peace, and a sound mind. In the midst of great opposition, know this, there are God opportunities. I believe God has a God opportunity for you right now in this time. Whether it's slowing down and spending time with your family and your kids, maybe it is starting a business, maybe it's taking that step of starting the business, pursuing God more, or maybe it's, hey, okay, I wanna partner with God more and what God's doing. Maybe it's being dealers of hope and the message of Jesus to those around you. Because right now, the world needs the hope that we have in Jesus. The hope that we have in Jesus. God has a plan for you, a hope, a future. And I want to tell you, it is good. God has got good things for you. Don't allow fear to con you out of what God has for you, what Jesus has paid for you. And now that you are his son, his daughter, uh, that he's provided for you. Know that God loves you today. He is for you. That you're not walking alone. Maybe you're sitting alone in your house or on your couch, but you're not alone. You, God is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And know as well that you've got a church community behind you as well. Hey, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, or maybe just life happens and you just want to hit the restart button with God, I want to give you an opportunity today to say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my cares to you. I give it all to you. And it's just, the Bible says, if you declare with your mouth and believe in your heart that you are saved. So if, if, you, if that's you, you can repeat after me. Jesus, 
Thank you for giving your life for me. Rising again so I can do life with you. I give you my life. You are Lord of my life. Thank you for filling my heart with your love that casts out fear. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I wanna pray with you as well that you know this week, as those thoughts, because those thoughts will come, those thoughts of fear that try to con you, I'm gonna pray for you right now, um, that know this, that you can delete those thoughts, don't even take those thoughts, and that you can actually take a hold of what God has for you. Father, I just thank you for every single person watching. Father, I thank you that you have given us the mind of Christ, that Father, that all of your promises are yes and amen. Father, I thank you for your peace uh, to fill hearts that surpasses all understanding. Father, I thank you that this week, as those thoughts come, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would remind us in those times, not to hold on to them, but to delete them. That we would pray and spend time in your presence to interrupt those thoughts with uh, words of life, your words, Jesus, and that you would even encourage us to reach out to someone as well, to not do it alone. Father, I thank you that you've got good plans, that you've got God opportunities in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, know that we love you. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Thank you for listening to Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us a Sunday soon. For more information about Thrive Church, you can go to our website, thrivecalgary.ca. See you next time.